Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. Download the Odyssey app and listen on demand anytime. 101 Gresh and Fourier. Yeah. Well, joining us now is, uh, I guess we can say, uh, welcome to the company. I do not use the word, I do not use the word family. We'll have to get to that a little bit later on because uh, joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline is the newest Odyssey NBA insider. Uh, He is the uh, host of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green three times. NBA world champion Danny Green here with Gresh Ooh. and Fourier to talk some Celtics. Danny, first of all, welcome to the company and <laughs> welcome to Gresh and Fourier. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you oh. embracing me in the company oh. and into the show today. Oh, my God. We've been dying to talk to somebody outside <laughs> of, like, you know, the family, so to yeah. speak, or outside of the Celtics mm-hmm. family because, Danny, you spent a long time in the NBA and there has now mm-hmm. been a lot of talk about Jason Tatum and the MVP. We here kind of feel like that there's got to be the talk around it to get it out there so that people can realize, holy crap, this guy shouldn't be plus 3,000 on the betting line to win the MVP. Is that just the way it goes in the league where you have to have somebody stand up and really stump for you the way people have the last two weeks to be able to get on the radar to win an award like that? Yeah, I think it's tough. I mean, it's hard to penalize a guy for having a great team. Um, but because he has so many good teammates around him, it's hard for him to get the same recognition. When you have a Chris Porzingis, a Drew Holiday, a Jalen Brown, you know it's it's tough to advocate him as the best player, most valuable in the league. Um, because so they people think without when the games he misses that the team would do well, and if he wasn't a part of the group, that they would still be a playoff team, um, which is unfair. Because there's definitely years where you know Golden State had a really good group, and you know Steph Curry or Kevin Durant was considered higher for MVP race when they had a really good team. But yeah, I guess you, you have to do a little bit more um, marketing, advocating. I don't know, but he definitely deserves more recognition for being in that conversation there. You know, eight games above you know the next second you know best team in the East. And, you know, the best record in the league. So I think he should definitely be considered. Yeah, you mentioned marketing. I, I do think it's interesting how players on his own team, you know, people, national media analysts kind of finally kind of, you know, mentioning it. I do feel like that may be his best chance to kind of 
make up the difference as far as the guys who are ahead of them right now? What do you think about that? Yeah, I think they just keep winning. Also, I think because they're just expected to win and they've been winning on the radar. And I guess the games that they've won, um, you know, to the fans or to the, the, I guess, the average eye of people that don't know the game, they're just like, oh, they're supposed to win. They're not winning that greatly. You know, they're not winning by enough or they're not blowing teams out the way they should. And his numbers are decent, but they're not as good. They're not Luka numbers. But it's, it's, you know, we take it for granted what Luka, Jokic, and all those guys are doing. Um, it's tough, but those teams are not in the same seed. Um, but it's, it's really hard to do. And the numbers he's putting up is hard to do. But he's gotten better every year. Uh, I know one year he'll win it if it's not this year. But I think more importantly for him and, and them, their focus should be a, a championship because I think this is their year. This is their championship to lose this year. Well, them in Denver, I think they should be in the finals for sure. And I think it should be them in Denver in the finals. And I think that they have the team and the depth to do it this year. It's going to come down to coaching. And I think Joe, Joe Mazzola might be ready this year you know, with the experiences he's had in the past couple of years in the playoffs. Odyssey NBA insider Danny Green is with us. Insider Calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. Interesting to hear you say that, Danny, on the whole. Now with the experiences ready for the moment. As a guy who played a bunch of years in the league, how did you know when a coach was ready for the quote-unquote big moment? Well, I was I was lucky to have a, a coach that had was ready before I even got there. So I, I was uh, I was spoiled. I was said I was fortunate to have Pop. He already knew what he knew what he was doing. I just had to follow his lead. I would see Timmy, Tony, and Manu. Uh, but with Nick, you know, it was his first year, so it was hard to tell. It was hard to see um, what that would look like. Um, with Frank and, and then Doc, they have been around for a little while, and I know Frank had been in the in the uh, I guess the East Indiana and you know some different places before that. But uh, and Doc, he's been in the league for over two decades at the time. So I know he had some experience. Um, but just the experience for me of seeing how it was done with Pop let me to be able to um, know, I guess, what it should look like. And I took those experiences and, and that run with San Antonio and, and be able to use it when I was with Toronto, when I was with, you know, LA. Even though LA, we had a bunch of veterans, so it's not like we needed – uh, I think our whole group was ready because it wasn't just coaching. Um, but usually when you have a younger group, you need more on the coaching side. So when we're in Toronto, it's a younger group. Philly, we had some younger guys. So using that and experience from San Antonio and bringing it to the younger groups uh, helped a ton. What, what what was Popovich's coaching style like for you? Was it, you know, when you talk about, we've been spending so much time lately talking about coaching and, you know, you got to be coaches, mm-hmm. players need to be heard and you can't coach unless you give, you know, the players a platform and a voice. I'm curious what your relationship was and how much you appreciate the way Popovich coached you back in the day. I appreciate it a ton now. I mean, the time was tough. It's not easy to play for. You know, he, he gets the best out of you by pushing you. You know, he'll push your buttons, he'll find ways to make you angry or, you know, whichever way makes you play your best. And I think he found out for me. I play my best basketball when, you know, I was angry. Some guys, when they when they had fear in them, you light a fire in them, it, it makes them, you know, you know, perform their best. So he knew how to do that, but he ran a, a pretty tight ship. Uh, and now, I don't know how different it is now, but I'm sure it is a little different with the younger group and trying to, you know, rebuild. But back then, I said it was, it was either you're going to do your job or going to find somebody else to do it. And it was a well-oiled machine, and you could plug and play. Whoever was out, whether it was Timmy, Tony, or Mono, they sat out. We had guys to back up to know what to need to be done and figure it out and play, you know, good team basketball. We would still win games without those guys. Danny, the Celtics have played 58 of the 82 games. 
As of right now, they have a seven and a half game lead, and we're all looking at it up here as keep everybody healthy. Can you sort of talk about the fine line that Joe Missoula has to walk of still winning games, keeping the team sharp, but giving your individual players enough rest so they can make it to the postseason and then kind of crank it up once you get there? Can you kind of sort of walk us through maybe how the Celtics might be able to navigate the next 25 or so games to get to the point to where they can meet the objectives and be ready for the playoffs at the same time? Yeah, well, it also depends on their schedule. I think it would be good to have some good games toward the end of the season. Um, you know, it would help test them. If they had some teams above 500 or playoff teams, uh, those would be fun. But you can find ways to rest a guy or two here or there. Since there's so many games up, they can rest a guy, you know, maybe once a week. There's about four, 15, 14 games left. So if they wanted to, you know, rest Drew or Chris Paps, you can find the, the, the final week, maybe I'd say a couple games before the last couple games, because there is a break after the regular season before the playoffs start. And I think, you know, Pop was great at micromanaging minutes and also figuring out how to keep guys fresh, uh, but also, you know, not getting anybody hurt. So when you're up that many games, you want to be able to, you know, obviously win the games to play. I think play the, the full games out, you know, pretty hard, the ones that are the playoff teams, to see where you're at and see how ready, how battle-tested you are. Uh, but to the other games, you can give your younger guys a chance to, to play more and rest some of your older guys. And, you know, toward the end of the season, last five games, you can play certain guys a half, you know, maybe, or, you know, a quarter, and then keep them fresh, but also let them a chance to rest. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, that's, that's on Joe to figure that out and see how their schedule is. I don't know who they have upcoming or who they have left on the road or at home, but I think they should take advantage of, you know, playing the good teams and then also resting guys when they're playing the teams that are below 500. So we're talking – self- I guess outside the playoffs. So we're talking Celtics basketball. We're on the phone with Odyssey NBA insider Danny Green on the Harbor One hotline. And I'm curious, so like you said, a collision course with Celtics and the Denver Nuggets. But looking at the East, out of the teams that are, you know, uh, you know, playoff uh, caliber teams, who do you think is the, the biggest threat to the Celtics? Man, um, I think the Knicks, honestly, when they're healthy, they have the pieces to match up. Um, I think Milwaukee is a great team. I just don't know if they have the defensive pieces to match up with Jalen and Jason. They're a really good team. They have Doc there. So they're going to be coached pretty well and, and experienced. They have experience with playoff uh, um, coaching. Um, so I think you know, Milwaukee is a good team, but I think really the toughest matchup would be the Knicks. And if Philly gets healthy, if Joel, you just can't count Joel Embiid out if he's you know an MVP, MVP caliber player and he's healthy in the playoffs. Um, and Tyrese Maxey. I think those two guys are a tough combo. Then you got Tobias Harris and they have some good wings. They're playing good basketball. They have enough wings to match up and kind of guard Jason and Jalen. The other night they played them pretty well without, you know, Joel, um, which I thought Boston should have beat them, you know, handedly, but they didn't because, you know, Philly's a tough team. Yeah, Philly looked uh, pretty good. Plus, Maxie got hot as a pistol, and they just uh, turned that guy loose. Insider Calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure with capable features like available H-Track all-wheel drive and standard third-row seating. Odyssey NBA uh, insider Danny Green is with us. And, Danny, uh, when the Celtics went and got Kristaps Porzingis, my first thought was he's not Jokic. But he's a unicorn like Jokic. Is that really the key piece for the Celtics moving forward in trying to match up against Denver? 
Or does uh, a Jokic versus, uh, I don't know, like Kristaps' comparison not really kind of work in this scenario? How do you view Porky Porzingis? I think he's definitely an X factor um, because of how he can stretch the floor. And I think the biggest key is his pain protection. But And I think what also helps is you have Al Horford. So you can have a guy like Al Horford body Jokic and have him come a weak side and help him protect the paint with guarding Aaron Gordon or something like that. So I think they have the piece. I think the only thing that they lack is the depth. And I think Denver doesn't have the depth they have from last year. Um, so that's where it's going to be a battle of coaching and matchups. But, you know, I think, you know, Boston could use a little more depth off the bench. And I think Denver as well. But I think they have the pieces to match up with Denver and, and keeping Jokic under control with having Al Horford. If he stays healthy and, and Porzingis, those two bigs, you know, Jokic has spoken about how the double bigs have given him trouble. Um, so that would be, you know, a, a matchup or a lineup I, I could see Boston going with. Danny, this was great stuff, man. We hope it is the uh, first of many. Uh, welcome to the sure. uh, welcome to the company, and hopefully we're going to uh, catch up a lot with you uh, around playoff time and uh, heading into the playoffs. Thanks a bunch. We appreciate the time. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. There we go. Danny Green, he's uh, the newest Odyssey NBA insider. Insider calls brought to you by the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, equipped for adventure. Uh, really good breakdown there. And from somebody who has no ties here either, there's no bias. There's no ties. 14 years in the NBA, three world championships, saw it with Popovich, saw the rise of Nick Nurse, who's now with the 76ers. And then, of course, the whole experience with the Lakers and all that kind of stuff. So he's seen a uh, a thing or three before in the NBA. Yeah, no. Um, I thought the I thought the Porzingis answer was the real big pull for me that Porzingis to this Celtics team is every bit as important as Jokic is to Denver, even though Jokic is the better player, is up there in terms of, you know, MVP with a guy like Jason Tatum, but it just goes to show how important the unicorn really is. I I know. I think we saw it in the very first regular season game when he went off on the Knicks, the team that Danny Uh Green thinks is their, you know, their biggest threat. They're junkyard dogs. That's no, that, they're that's, a tough team. That's the thing about again. It's so funny. We talk about oh, hard ass coaches and be are you tough and da da da. That guy Leon Rose, who's running the Knicks, a former agent, clearly has a lean and a like of the players that he wants. And to me, he's putting together one of those teams a little bit like Miami, but they're even edgier. Like if you're playing them in the park. They're the team that's going to get into a five-on-five brawl with you. I think that's the kind of sort of mentality that guy wants to build with that club. Yeah, and I don't know if you saw this, um, but I meant to bring it up to you because uh, with that comment, there there is this uh, – oh, here it is. Um, the NBA's competition committee has officially begun reviewing whether the game has become too advantageous for offense – and whether some changes need to be implemented to achieve better balance. You stupid NBA! I, don't they know it's 2024? We don't do no defense no more. I Listen, I yes, I do think you do. It, it doesn't make the game... Like so, what the Celtics did last night, right? They 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 couldn't they couldn't get the three pointer, right? The, the, right? the Sixers were going to take it away, and they just changed their. The way they attack the uh, uh, yep. the way they do their business, they t- it took worked it more out. To the rim, yep. I, I they listen, adapted. I like it. I want it to be more physical. 
I don't want it to be as easy for guys to shoot. I do want them to have to. I want hand checking back in the league. Mm-hmm. These are all. I mean, it, it's still a good game. And eventually, thank God, they're finally starting to admit that it's a little bit too easy. Uh, agreed. So, I mean, toughness should be an asset for your team. Can't clothesline somebody. No, but it, it feels like it feels like we want to just denounce that part of it. You know, toughness comes in more ways than just jacking somebody in the face or kicking someone in the nards or whatever. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, 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 when I saw that, I was like, man, this is this is good news. Now, whether or not they'll do anything about it remains to be seen. Uh, the latest from the Combine and one more nugget on Deflategate. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Gresh and Fourier. On WEEI. I, uh... I don't want to get everybody down. Oh, no. But Come on, we're almost done. What are you doing? Well, we got some... Uh, we got some bad news that just came in. Oh, jeez. I don't even know what you're talking I don't even know what you're talking about. Billy, I don't know if you uh, saw this or not. Billy, I don't know if you saw this or not, but God rest Virgil, 61 years old. WWE uh, superstar. Foyer, back in the day, you might have remembered (laughs) (laughs) the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. You don't even know what I'm going to say. I remember, you said, I remember Ted DiBiase. Remember the guy who was his butler, servant, whatever? They named him Virgil. Okay. He was an African-American gentleman who wrestled in Memphis as Soul Train Jones. (laughs) And then uh, when they uh, brought him up to uh, be the guy who basically walked around with the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase, this guy, Virgil, who uh, didn't save his money, let's say, um, was Foyer all about uh, going to these sort of like uh, events, like uh, gatherings of, you know, Comic Cons or whatever. And they famously had Lonely Virgil set up where there's his table and it says WWE's Virgil. And there's like no line for the guy. And everybody started to feel Aww. real bad for him. And then. The guy who ran the Iron Sheik's Twitter, I think, got a hold of Virgil's and ended up creating this thing about how Virgil just went city to city to get Olive Garden and have some meat sauce. And you can go down the road as to that whole innuendo. And it turned into kind of a funny thing. But, uh, yeah, I think the real name is uh, Mike Jones. Mike Jones? Not Hmm. anymore. 61, Virgil, has passed away. And his name was a rib. His name was a joke 
on the wrestler, the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, because his real name is Virgil Runnels. Well, it was. He's dead. So really, Cody Rhodes is not Cody Rhodes. He's Cody Runnels' real-life name. But anyway, Dusty's real name was Virgil, so they made the assistant to the million-dollar man, which at the time was supposed to be sort of Vince McMahon, the pro wrestler, mm. right? In okay. the mid-'80s. All right. So they're just messing around with everybody. But yes, Virgil. That's He's a gone. big, big wrestling Thoughts and death. prayers. Yeah. I wonder if... Uh, Billy, do they, uh, what kind of uh, in memoriam do they do on SmackDown on uh, Friday? It's just going to be a highlight video of him counting the money. I think so. I think so. It'll be a quick one. They'll do it at the beginning. God rest Big Verge. It might even just be a photo. Like, it might not, they probably might even have a montage. Like, like just do the, uh, at the very beginning, it's the Mike Jones, and then they'll have Virgil in quotes, and then his, you know. Because sadly, like, his his claim to fame was just being the manager. That's right. Like, even when he went single, like, went as a solo wrestler, nobody really cared. And Didn't he have a briefcase just filled with money? Did he uh, walk around that with That was the million-dollar man, yeah, and Virgil would at times uh, carry the briefcase. Okay. Apparently, uh, Virgil was also uh, known for uh, a part of his body oh, that geez. only the, you know, if he were a coach for the Rams, you'd be able to verify. Put it that way. But I'll leave it at that. Uh, let's get to something very pertinent, Deflategate. Yeah. Uh, because it's come back up once again in uh, the dynasty, as uh, we know, and we've, uh, you know, or people will find out, I guess, because that is coming up. And uh, Peter King was one of, I would say, Fourier, the many NFL writers at a national level who had always been getting good info from the NFL and got burned because of how deep the NFL really wanted to go on this deflate gate deal. So not only do you have Chris Mortensen, who did the whole 11 of 12 footballs, never retracted no, it. No, 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 no. I'm glad you brought that up. Do you know he did retract it? He did. Well, no, no. No. You know, he, he, hold on. He tweeted it. Hold on. Yeah. And so he never took it down. There you go. I had called Chris Mortensen. I called him. I talked to him on the phone in the old building. Because we were talking about it like crazy, and he he asked for my advice. He's like, what should I do? I said, you should take it down. Yeah. He took it down two minutes later like it never happened. And then, of course, everyone ended up like just completely killing him for it. But he needed that was he needed to take it down. I was on the phone with him. It took too long. And I convinced him to take the tweet down. Wow. Yeah, that that happened in the old building. I remember leaving. We were ripping. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, Mort, listen. It ain't going away until you take the stupid thing down. It's not true. Well, I know that Judy Batista got wrapped up in this. I got lectured by somebody over at Comcast once about that. <laughs> her, her name. Yeah, well, it's yeah. better than yours, pal. She's a saint. Yeah, right. She got burned. And Peter King also. In fact, it ties into the whole Mortensen thing. Well, Peter King, we know, is he's out. He's walking away from covering the NFL. He is going off into sweet retirement. But he joined the morning show on CBS Sports Radio yesterday, Maggie and Perloff, and they asked him about his biggest professional regret, and it was Deflategate. Probably the biggest mistake I made in my career that I regret to this day, and when I think about it, my heart sinks, is I confirmed the ESPN story about the deflated footballs after uh, Deflategate first hit the scene. It was a Monday night, and I called two people who 
I was sure would know exactly what happened. And they both confirmed the ESPN story. And so I wrote it, talked about it, and it turns out I was wrong. And that brought me a lot of shame. And that I, that really bothers me to this day that I was wrong because it doesn't matter that who I talked to. It doesn't matter who uh, told me anything. It's my rear end on the line when I say something, when I confirm a story and I was wrong. And that's something that will haunt me, really. It, uh, it bothers me, literally bothers me to this day. But having said that, I've always thought that in that case, that was Roger Goodell killing an ant with a sledgehammer. Okay, so he's been getting a lot of heat for that. So he tweeted out uh, a reply to the video that that show released. And he said, listen, this isn't the first time I've done this. I mentioned this back in 2015. Just nobody's been paying attention. And now that we're doing a whole retrospective on my life, this is still the thing I'm most ashamed of. This, this, I, I hate like the deflate aspect, deflate gate aspect of this whole dynasty because it reminds me of COVID. It reminds me of COVID. Everybody talking crazy picking sides, talking nonsense, running with leads, sources that they can't, you know, defend. You know, Mark Brunel crying on the set of ESPN. Which is so... Mortensen, like, not taking the tweet down. Everybody picking sides. You know, you, you got the whole Brady in court. You got the Wells report in context. You got PSI. You got the, the Wells reporting. In general, then the Wells report in context and all the money and time and energy they spent on this thing. It is amazing that this actually happened. And that's why I think about it with COVID. When I think about how miserable I was during COVID, it's the same thing. It's like you're fighting and arguing over some nonsense. And it was an obvious witch hunt by the league again on the Patriots and blah, blah, blah. And all these guys were part of it. Mm -hmm. All of them just sucking up to all their sources. And finally, the sources use them. Yeah. What it goes to show is the level to which the NFL wanted to go to prove their point. That's the scary part of this. I know that it would be poked fun at the writers and the reporters and the people who got burned. But this was... And there is no other way for Roger Goodell to spin this, if ever asked about it, that it goes to show that people at the league level were complicit in deceiving people yeah. during this. So we're supposed to sit here, and I know that they'll get into it in the dynasty and stuff, but to me, when Ted Wells got sent in, it wasn't go investigate the facts. It was go prove us right. Very different. In it, there is you, you. You know what would happen in the real Independent. world? Well, you know what would happen in the real world? People would be screaming, "Dirty investigators, dirty cops, whatever in the world it would be." Oh, they're just trying to CYA and all that kind of stuff. This was just on a business level, and they did it to smear the name of their biggest star their greatest player in the history of their league now has to live with this and have people like Peter King who covered the league for 40 years with a tremendous reputation who have to say, you know what? My source burned me. Where was your source? 
in the league office. So you're getting burned by the league itself. I know, with, and, a, with an now, agenda as it is. Oh, yeah. And then now that guy who you went out of your way to smear because people were mad at the crafts because Spygate wasn't punished enough. Now that guy's going to be sitting in the number one chair on one of your three biggest games every week. And all those people are going to say, I believe in that guy. I like his analysis. I uh, Tom Brady, blah, 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 whatever. And in the back of our minds, it's going to be the NFL are such sons of bitches. They went this far to hurt people's reputations to get out bad info. I, I think that it, it is, is as, oh. Yeah. Yeah, and then the whole, like, hey, they didn't hire Ted Wells, you know, to do an independent survey to find no. out what the truth was. They found it to make sure they were right. Yep. And this is the closest. This is They didn't even say he was right. They didn't say he was wrong. Nope. It was more probable than not. Right. All right, we're going to suspend you. I just didn't believe what Tom Brady had to say. Right, it's, it's pathetic. Everything about it was so pathetic and needy and judgmental. And it is amazing. In any other sport, like, he doesn't like he... He didn't murder anybody. We're talking about the PSI of a football. That's the, and, it was, a, it that's, was so, well, the integrity of the game is very important to us. So you realize, oh, yeah. you know, and maybe if, maybe if Spygate never happens, this isn't a thing. I hate to revisit this because it drives me freaking nuts, uh, but maybe it's not a thing. No. It, it, how about this? I, I, what you can definitively say is that if Spygate never happens, it doesn't get to the duplicitous level of the league lying to people who cover it to put out knowingly bad info. Yeah, amazing. It's not like the league can say, hey, listen, we screwed it up. Here's why. There's There's never been any of that. It's the, oh, well, they did something wrong, therefore they must be guilty, and you're right. Oh, Because let me ask you this. How many times since 2017 have you watched a pro or college game? So there would have been thousands of football games since then. How many times did you sit there and go, you know what, I wonder what the PSI is in that football? Did you watch the Super Bowl and sit there and say, well, God damn wonder if it's at 12 and a half PSI. No one. I don't care if you hated the Patriots. Even the asshats in like a Twitch chat or want a troll or a texter or whatever. No one since Deflategate has watched a football game and turned to someone and been like, well, I wonder what the ball pressure is in there. They should really check that. I know. Even the whole like universal, what is it, universal gas law or something like that, whatever that is when it yeah, comes yeah, to yeah, the right. temperature be, dropping. Yeah, like, no, it would be it, the science it was, behind it. Yeah, it was like there's proven by it, a seventh grader in like Malden or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I think about that Wells report and I think about how long it was and it, and all the pictures of they showed the, you know, the, um, or it was it the little, uh, um, the like measure, the little PSI gauge, the PSI yeah, gauge, yeah, the little gauge to the whole deflator to Dorito Dink to all, to all the p- players that were involved in all the lives that were ruined and the reputations that were ruined. And after all this is being said and done, after all you hear everything that Brady went through, I like him 10 times more based on it. Cause I don't know if I have the ability to not hold a grudge, especially after I won the Super Bowl and, and Roger Goodell is up there on the podium. I don't know how he did it. I don't know how he kept doing it. I think I would hold a grudge for life. You tried to ruin me. 
I, you tried I, to ruin everything about me, and I gotta act like I give a crap about you. You know what's interesting is when you go back and you watch that ceremony. Number one, how quickly Goodell gets yeah, the hell he out runs. of there. But did did you watch Belichick behind him? No. Go back because I know that we have uh, for the dynasty, yeah. right? Yep. Go check out that episode, and I'm I bet you Coop might even be able to bring it up. But when Goodell is getting ready to hand over the trophy after winning that Super Bowl after Deflategate, right? Um, Goodell, I mean, Belichick is in the back and, like, where you are to me, where I'm kind of, that's where Goodell was with his back turn, and Bill is woofing at him. Really? I'm, con- I'm convinced. There's something being said. Get in, the hell off the stage. Something along those lines, and I don't think Bill was the only guy who was thinking that, by the way. I have a funny feeling one of the crafts might have been. Uh, but if you go back and watch, I'm pretty convinced that unless I'm, you know, hallucinating or whatever, when there's when they're getting when when Goodell's getting ready and he's talking to Kraft or whatever, Belichick's in the background putting the bad mouth on somebody, it seems like. Because he wasn't saying it with kind of like a smile, you know, hey, you didn't think we even do it. Big hug yeah. or whatever. No, no, no. You tried to ruin me. No, ah, I didn't work. That's right. Ah, you tried to ruin my family. No. Ah, man, I got one on you. It it looks like there is some. He's. I'm kinda, telling you because there's big, no way Goodell couldn't hear it. Now, now again, like the the shining star in all of this, just as far as like maybe like a whole like you know. Oh no! This is the, what Coop's got on Twitch right now. Is the no, uh, no, is this, the MVP this trophy? This would be right after the uh, game, and you could tell Brady didn't want to be anywhere yeah. near Goodell. Yeah, and Goodell's a congressman, or his dad was a congressman. He has no feelings yeah. for this. And again, at forty-five million a year, I probably wouldn't have feelings either. I, I'm, I'm just. <laughs> it is so crazy to think that he has such a high level. Like if I was to talk to a behavioral expert and like how to not have a grudge and how to get over a grudge, whatever. The fact that this guy was able, and maybe because he actually won in the end, right? Every time somebody tried to get rid of him, he, so the, he so won. So the winner goes the Yeah, he was the winner. Like, thing. he proved him wrong. He was the last man standing. And every situation of this guy's life, every single situation in his life, he always came out on top. And he always, as crazy as it sounds, on the whole, did the right thing contractually. You know, like, there was never really a time where Brady threw his weight around but oh, I would not have. Oh my God, no! I, not I don't. A I don't. I just wouldn't do it. I don't know how he did it because he didn't need to. This wasn't in his contract. Hey, you got to play nice with Roger Goodell. I would have turned my back on him. I would not have even wouldn't looked have, at him. Yep, absolutely, I would have sent been somebody else up. You know, to to receive the MVP for me. I'm busy. I'm with you. And find the biggest goofball around. I'm with you. It would have been, oh, yeah. In a clown suit with send a clown up, noise. Send nose. up, a, send up a, <laughs> uh, a Kelsey in a uh, in a pair of overalls. Yeah. yeah. That's what I would have done. Oh, man. I, I, I had to get that out of the way. Peter King kind of ruffled my feathers a little bit. And I, lo- I like Peter King a lot, but he's another one that got screwed in the whole situation. <laughs> You've had a hell of a week with the English language so it far. Happens. Huh? I get excited. It happens. What do you want me oh, to do? Oh, that is true. No, I just wonder if your tongue's okay. I know you've had surgery. I do have like a little kinker sore on my tongue oh, a little bit right now. Oh, that'll do it. That so, means you told a lie. Did you ever hear it? that? 
Or maybe I ate something like acidic. If you get a that there's there's or you the eat old, something acidic. It's like no, I, well, I ate pineapple. That. No, but it's one of those. Uh, what do they call it? It's like a wives' tail or something, or like a nana's tail, where they'd be like, uh, "Oh, nana, I got a canker on my tongue." Well, did you lie, Christian? Yeah, for every old wives' tale, there's a scientific reason behind it. Ooh, like the farmer's almanac? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should write a book about that. Have you ever, what? You want to write a book about the farmer, farmer's almanac? No, write a book about all the old wives' tales that are bullcrap. Like, you really, you do know there is no boogeyman, right? Um, what a revolutionary <laughs> idea. <laughs> but Elaine, he's, he's, he's written but, a book. But Elaine Bennis told me there's a boogity man. Oh, so I worry about the boogity man. And yes, that is true. The great book of Boston sports list. Yeah. Is now uh, crested 10 years old. Right so up there tra- with the coffee table book. Hey, listen, uh, there's stuff in there that I'm surprised Fourier hasn't been like, oh, we need to read this on the air. That's pretty ruthless. It's actually a good idea. I was pretty rough on some people. We definitely could not get past that, past censors. So. Oh, we you didn't curse. Yeah, you didn't no, curse at all. Didn't. It's just Gotta being. find out how much it costs. It's just being mean. <laughs> It's not like I didn't say anything offensive. Wait, what's it called again? Uh, the Great Book of Boston Sports List. You could probably get one in Amazon for about a buck, or I I'll think bring we it. It was like a dollar sixty, or, or I'll just bring you a copy tomorrow. I have, uh, four, I have four left out of the collection, so I'll bring you one tomorrow, and that way, you okay, can bring me one because well, you know. Well, yeah, gonna, that's going to be a big deal, no big deal segment. Nick will, Nick, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, because there's some stuff that I wrote in there. Including people who used to work here. <laughs> oh, baby. This will be fun. All right. Uh, are you done? Hopefully, Billy's got something for us next. Watch us. Love us. Just follow WEEI on Twitch. Gresh and Fourier on WEEI. Now, it's time for... Are you done? Are, are you done? Are you done? Are you done? You done, right? You done, right? Are you done? Are you done? On Crash and Fourier. Tomorrow on our program, no one. Just us. That's not true. No, that's not true. Wait, what do we have tomorrow? Oh, Kurt oh, Warner tomorrow. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Yeah. No, Kurt, what time's Kurt Warner o'clock. tomorrow? Oh, good. 12 o'clock. Kurt Warner at noon. Wasn't on the board. Yeah, put it on the board. Put it on the board. And then, of course, on Friday, uh, Andrew Raycroft and Louis Merloni yeah. from down in Florida. Settle some family business with Raycroft on Friday. What do you mean? Got some things to go over with him. Oh, you mean that uh, he didn't dunsky you? No, no, he promised. You heard him. Why have you not leaned on Lou to get one in in a Red Sox game? I will. I am. Have you Absolutely. Asked, have you asked Joe Castiglione to change a final call to Dunsky? You know We're going to have to get Joe on the phone. And I will. Uh, and like, well, How and badly would that you'll, suck? You'll proposition a hall, him? A Hall of Fame career and one of the things he ends up being known for, St. Dunsky. I think maybe. Not, how about sure that? I'm be known for it. I wonder if. No, if, it's, if he says it in a, like in a big moment, it's oh, like it's that's true. the one they replay all the time. Um, the Dunsky one. Maybe you got to go to Will Fleming on that on that one. Maybe the phlegm dog will go, be able I'm gonna to. I'm going to go to the big guy. All right. Go big, I guess. Or can go home. It? Yeah. It's not can you believe it. It's, oh, my Lord, they are Dunsky. Oh, my God. The Red Sox are Dunsky. Swing and a pop-up. The swing, Red Sox are Dunsky. Swing and a Dunsky. <laughs> it's over. Oh. Uh, is, is Billy still there? Did he run to the camp? Uh, no, he's there. Oh, there he's he is. Billy, are you around. done? I uh, Like, he slid away, and I'm like, wait, do we got to keep tap no, dancing no, for four more minutes? Nope. All right. Just move to the other corner for a second. Yeah, that's good. Not done. <laughs> 
he moved to the corner. <laughs> yeah. It's like, where'd he go? He's like rolling around on that chair. Nick sent me to the corner for cursing. <laughs> hey, duct tape on your mouth yeah, for Exactly. That? All right, so we got a uh, world record for you, Fourier. Yeah. Let's go. Line them up. Line them up. Add go. it to the list. Idaho man heads a soccer ball into a target from 53 feet away. David f- Rush, and this is a guy who I've done several of these on. Oh, it's the same dude. See, same guy. Same so what guy. it is, right, as, uh, as we're learning, this is his um, This is his 161st title, World yeah. Series, uh, World Series, World Record title. Okay. The record is 182, so he's going for that one. So all these smaller little, uh, you know, challenges are just a, it's a bigger picture for him. Correct. He's chasing. He's chasing. And does um, he make these up? This are one, these? I, mean, this, I, mean, so I, I feel like he so. makes them up. I assume so. I, I assume you, you Google and you say, hey, is there a world record for this? And if there isn't, you set it. Yeah. So like you could say like, hey, holding a, a cup of coffee for, you know, five days like that. You could just create your own record, right? <laughs> yeah. If it's not up there. Yeah. Well, you could. So well, Christian, you could. You break the world record for world records. It's so easy. Yeah, um, I got. Can I just do the underwear thing? I'm almost. I'm almost ready. I'm out, when I'm out of rehab, like two months. When I'm right, out of rehab, I'm in rehab. Out, we had one that you didn't have to get out of the chair for with the matchsticks in the nose. Yep. Oh yeah. No, but I openly said I didn't want to do that one. And you could have done I didn't like that one. I want to get a splinter. And if you're in a chair, you could do the pencils around the table. Still, I'm almost ready to do the pencils. I get this boot off next week, and I'll be. I'll be closer. Closer to 100, percent but we wait I don't want to play physical therapy. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah exactly. I don't want. I haven't been cleared to play yet. Yeah, you know what? Keep the box of 50 pencils off order right now. We'll we'll put it in the <laughs> Amazon queue. Wait a couple of months. So could you do it, Christian? 52 feet, five far nine inches away. So basically, when I saw the video of it, it almost looked like it was a free throw line to free throw line. Oh, wait. So all you have to do is kick the soccer head ball, it. head it. Oh, head it, head it. And that's it? That's it. And it can, like, bounce and roll? No. So it's you 52 to, so feet. You put, so from one barrel, from one oh. free throw line, so you set up a barrel from um, yeah. the other free throw line. Probably not. Could you head it 52 Pro, feet? Probably not. Soccer's so, not my jam. So uh, three feet in a yard, so you can just go from there. Yeah. No, so the answer's no. At, no, I don't think so. You're looking at about 20 yards. In the air, huh? Yep. Yeah. No. I could probably get half that. I think it'd mess up your hair. No, the hair, but I got to shave my head. Because I have, I have, oh, I have, the hair's got some I bounce have, to it. I, no, I have cushioning. No, it'll, 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 it'll absorb the ball. It'll absorb the ball. You, you want, you want to be bald, and that you want to hit it right True, at the point. This guy part. is bald. See, there you go. Like you don't want to have hair. You want to be bald, like legit, like razor thin hair. <laughs> <laughs> like a little landing strip up stop? Is that what you said? Yeah. yeah. A little mohawk. Maybe yeah. a little oh, mohawk. Yeah. Dur- the Dorito, yeah. Dorito chip in the back. Two on the mohawk. Who did the uh, real, You know what the real goal is to see how long I can go without cutting my hair. Here's just, the thing. Would it be you lose patience with it or would your wife tell you to cut it before? What would happen first? Me. You would lose patience yeah, before yeah, your yeah, wife yeah, would yeah, tell you to yeah, get a cut? Yeah, yeah. She would, she, I don't think she cares. She likes the beard and she likes the hair. Yeah. I'll tell she you what. I, 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 yeah. Yeah. She's she a must, wilderness man. I was yeah, going to say, big throw on a guy. flannel, carry an axe to the bedroom. <laughs> she must care. Brawny man is here. She must care enough for you to get that filled in. It seems like if uh, you know you were going all chrome dome up top. No, I've done that before. You said you'd never shaved your head. Uh, uh, the last time you shaved your head, you were in what? Oh, yeah. Some guy like twenty. I was like 20 years old. Said he could give you a fade and he screwed up so you just shaved it off yeah yeah, yeah. i was like see so you're too you are so obsessed with your hair that you would never sh- i would shave my head tomorrow i don't care no but i also know what my head looks like underneath this and i'm not showing that to the world so you're like uh like andy hart you feel like you have all these bumps and well a little bit crevices yeah. and i mean valleys. You, i think people know whether they have a head that is worthy of you can shave it or not 
And some people know it ain't good. I know mine won't be. Plus, me bald wouldn't look good. You're, Would talking, you ever... like, you're talking like bicking it, not even like a whiffle. Right. Yeah. If I just whatever and just shaved it all down. Oh, sweet Jesus. So I'd you would never, awful. you would never, you would never take part in a bet that if you lost. No. You had to shave your head. No, like you I'll tell you what. Yeah, he lost. For charity. No. Yeah, there you go. No, you wouldn't do for, I for would a dying rather, kids. Write a check. I would dying rather, kids. I was going to say, I would either write a check or I'd rather get beaten with a belt or something or a stick. You may like that. I mean, that's, I mean, what does that mean? Back to the SNM. Fine, then I'll do it. I, I mean, mean, you, you may like do it, it shirtless and hit me in the back then. Fine, poor, whatever. Some some poor family comes up. Hey, listen, we can, uh, my, uh, this guy is holding my family hostage. He says the only way he'll let him that's go is. If you a, shave your head, that's not a would realistic you shave your scenario. Head? It's my scenario. Would what? you not shave your head? I would not. Just tell me yes. Just we're done. Yes, All right, fine. Way to rework <laughs> yes, we're answer. done. Jones and Mego are next. <laughs> Kurt Warner at noon tomorrow. We'll see you at 10 a.m. Thank you for listening. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.